For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network, Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. I believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. I'm super excited to be back. Um, this is our free agent show. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. We are here kind of the middle of February. Before you know, March 18th, free agency will be kicking off. Teams will be... Um, negotiating with players and people will be moving left and right excited to talk about it and excited to talk about with Paul Jackson from Tampa Paul's my go-to guy here when it comes to free agents here for the Detroit Lions so today we're going to flip the script a little bit and everybody's focused on defense we are going to talk some offense we're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to free agency Paul I know you're there how are you man thanks for coming on again I'm doing great thanks for having me this is uh, quite the honor we are honored to have you, man. But uh, like you say, we're honored to talk about the Detroit Lions right here on the Believe. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcasting Network. And Paul, before we do that, I know there's been some things in the news, some things I've talked about on other shows. I definitely wanted to tee you up, get your quick thoughts here before we dive into free agency on what's going on with the team, some kind of current event type items. Paul, I know you probably got to take on Darius Slay. Lots of talks about trades. Uh, this guy's kind of our top corner. He wants top, top cornerback money, as well as people are worrying about his age, but they also love what he does and love him in the media. What's your thoughts on Darius Slay, where we stand right now? Well, this is a complicated issue. This isn't just a black and white uh, kind of situation, which, you know, most, most uh, free agency and, and, you know, trade requests tend to be. Um, I've heard all the pros and cons and I, I don't want to go into all the specific, um, you know, bullet points that everyone knows about, but I, I, I broke down, um, what, if I were the lions, what I would take for the trade, um, instead of just kind of going whether we should or whether we shouldn't, um, specifically, well, he's, he's asking for, to be the top paid corner. Well, he's not going to be the top paid corner. He's going to have to realize that. And if he's so insistent on being the top paid corner, he's not going to leave the lions. Okay. Cause no one's going to do that. And if, if a team is dumb enough to pay him like that, then they're not going to be giving away a lot. So as a result, the lions probably won't trade him. Um, he currently thinks he's going to be making Jalen Ramsey money. And th that just wouldn't make any sense. Not only he's never, not a good at Jalen Ramsey, but he's five years older. So, from a specific perspective, this is if I were Bob Quinn and I'm taking phone calls, this is what I would accept and this is what, what I would not accept. I would accept any pick under, uh, below the 45th pick. Okay, straight up, I'd take that. Okay, so when people say, oh, I'll take a second round or I'll take a first, well, you kind of have to be specific with the numbers because, you know, the 38th pick 
in the second round is a lot different than the 54th. Okay. So what I'm saying is 45th or better, you take it. Also, if, if the 2021 first round pick is offered, you take it. It doesn't even matter which team, even if it's from the Chiefs and you think it's going to be in the 30s next year, you take it. Now, if, if you are offered uh, worse than a 45 um, pick in 2020, so say, let's say 40, uh, 53, that's where you, you ask for a second round next year. And if that's not on the table, then for sure, third round. So that's, that's kind of the, um, the line in the sand I, I want to draw. I mean, there's a price to everything. So it, it's not as simple as yes or no. It, it's going to come down to, come down to the price. And, and obviously, if you, but one of the important things is getting him traded before the draft because um, there's so many implications, and this will create a big hole, um, obviously, if, uh, <laughs> if he's traded. And, you know, and, and of course, before free agency, he's going to need a replacement. Um, it, there's no way you're going to be able to get a replacement as good as him, but if you could get a uh, DJ Hayden-type guy from a few years ago, but maybe a little better, that, that, would, be a, um, that would be a, you know, a holdover, at least – at least uh, for 2020, assuming that uh, they don't end up getting a corner in the draft, which is a different story, and that's not today's episode. So, Paul, why didn't we just answer with this? That's what we know it's all about with Darius Slay. It's all about the money. The guy wants top dollar. I want to know quickly why you're drawing this this line in the sand where you are, because in my opinion, like if Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have decided that, you know, yeah, he's a good football player, but he's an outside corner. We can, we can find those in other ways. We can take the money he wants and, and split it into a couple good football players, you know, all those type of things. Maybe they're just not uh, down with the Darius Slay, you know, goofy kind of attitude. Maybe it's just time to move on because like I've said, you know, he's at that spot where you either flip the asset or you just keep it till it runs out and get nothing for it so you got that decision to make but well why are you drawing this line in the sand and then you kind of hinted that you were on the trade Darius Slay front and you want to do it before the draft I just want to get your your stake on that too are you dealing him um are you taking that second rounder upper second rounder as you put it in the 40s and running uh what are you doing yeah I mean I I'm a math guy and to, to me, there always has to be some kind of line in the sand. I mean, and to me, it's it's 45. It's a wrong number. I mean, maybe people What's would, your reason? would agree. A reason. Well, the, well, the reason is because, hey, Slay was an early second-round pick about, what, seven years ago or so. And getting a second-round pick, you're, you're going to save around $7.5 on the cap, and you're going to get a – not – not maybe an immediate impact starter, but you're probably going to get a starter to replace him with that second round pick. And again, you also have another seven mil to get, like I mentioned, a DJ Hayden upgrade type player. So that's the reason. If if you're trading for a first round pick, hey, there's a chance that first round pick can step in right away, not be quite as good, of course, as as Slay, but be just fine and more importantly, be be good for 21, 22, 23. If you're trading them for a fourth round pick or something like that, like you said, just dump them. Well, you don't need to dump them. I mean, he's not he's not a bad player. This isn't like a Rick Wagner kind of thing where it's just like, ah, let's just dump him. We'll, we'll eat the money. I mean, he's even if he sits there and complains like a little child all day, then just sit him down and and bring him off the field when you need to. I mean, you're not going to cut him. So um, 
Yeah, but the, the whole thing that. with it is, is, is if, you, if you don't move him and you think, hey, we got you under contract, you either play or sit out, he can sit out, and then you don't have the money in free agency, you don't have the draft capital, and you don't have the football player. And yeah, you, but, you brought up DJ Hayden a couple times. I mean, DJ Hayden. That's terrible. That's terrible. Well, he's terrible. Absolutely terrible. That guy was like a bum. Five well, he was, he was ago. terrible. Like, like but, I mean, we can definitely okay. find better replacements than that. I mean, Slay goes away. You can you can pick up a big time corner or two. Slay has probably three or four years, but uh, of of money to be made. Okay, in, in his in the rest of his life. So if he just sits out this year and gets zero dollars, if he does like a, uh, a Le'Veon Bell thing, I mean that'd be completely idiotic. So, and and he's showing other teams he's not a team player. So, I mean, well, like you say, we we, we want to avoid that sitting out of camp. We want to avoid the the chatter in the media. I think, and um, you know, if he's if he's willing to play on this last year, or we think we can franchise him. You want to go that route? To me, it's the much more risky route. I'm much more with you. Hey, I I really don't have that total line in the sand. I mean, I think if you get a pretty good asset as well as the money back, you can move on from him. Um, you know, you do have to have a plan in place because that's a big hole, you know, just leaving a number one corner off your squad. But I, I think it's replaceable and, you know, still trying to build that, that team around him. So lots of ways you can go. I, I know there's there's some other things you want to talk about off the top here. Um, you, you wanted to uh, mention Stafford. And I definitely want to have you talk about him. Uh, these Stafford trades, is it just smoke? Are you just one of these people that uh, you're keeping Stafford no matter what? I mean, I think a lot of people that I've talked to, it's pretty much like there's there's people that just want him regardless, and then there's people that know this is maybe the chance you're able to add another player at that position, and it might be worth moving on. The contract is the real issue, you know, that kind of holds him here and makes me think that he'll be here not only this year, but probably, you know, throughout this last few years of this deal that he has, and hopefully he's healthy and hopefully he can get it rolling. So what's your thought on number nine, The probably the biggest piece on our football team, the quarterback? Well, this, this whole Stafford issue is the biggest smokescreen the Lions have ever had. I mean, this is, it, this is complicated, and this is involved. This is not intentional. Um, there's, there's no way Stafford's going to not be the quarterback in the year 2020. No way, okay? First of all, Martha Ford absolutely adores Matt and, and, and his, Kelly and his children. I mean, they're, they're like – you know, they have daughters, but if not, the, the daughter, Kelly is the daughter Martha never had. In addition, let's, let's think about how Martha Ford made her money to own the Lions. How did she make that money? She didn't. She inherited everything, just like her late husband. I mean, she's never had any ruthless uh, decision she's ever had to make in her life. I mean, she's essentially a female version of Billy Madison, okay? She's, she's not going to be running around like these, you know, uh, other owners who are these cutthroat investment bankers or entrepreneurs who are used to hiring and firing with no loyalties. No, it's the opposite. The Fords are loyal to a fault. He's not going anywhere. And to get a little deeper, and this is more conspiracy driven, but I can honestly see that if Kelly and Matt, Matthew are actually in on this, but when, when Kelly put that Instagram post on about, Oh, I'd love to go to love to go to LA and be a charger. She, she did that because they know at the end of the day, NFL executives don't believe stuff leaks like this, 
But if you get a wife involved who's saying things like that, that's when you say, oh man, maybe this is serious. And this isn't just some crazy thing I'm saying. If, if you know anything about recruiting, one of the ways that colleges find out which uh, schools the kids will go to is they'll find the, the junior the football uh, player, the, the junior, and talk to his girlfriend. His girlfriend will say, well, I think he's going to go to Alabama. That's, that's how they find out. It's always through the girlfriend or the wife or the fiance. Okay. <laughs> and, and so when they say that, that's real. I mean, the other day, um, Giselle is in, is in Nashville looking for houses. Well, that was like, oh, wow, okay. And it's all work. Is he going to sign with the Patriots? But th that's, that's what made the news, okay? And the other angle to all this is I would like to think the Redskins are actually in on this because the Redskins have so much to gain by this, by this hype of the Lions getting rid of Stafford to get, to get Tua. Because at the end of the day, they have that number two pick. And the, and the Redskins are thinking, hey, if the Lions really want uh, – if, if, if the other teams, NFL teams – no, that the Lions want Tua. The only way, the only way that another team is going to get Tua is if they trade with the Skins at number two, and they're going to have to give them a king's ransom for it. So the Skins could be behind all this as well, because they would gain so much. Chase Young is, is you know, an excellent, excellent player and one of the best defensive players to come out in a long time, and they can they can demand a lot more uh, because of the fact that a the only way to get Tua is to jump in front of front of the, uh, the Lions and the Redskins can say, well, you know, hey, we're losing out on Chase Young if, if we trade this, so you better give us even more. There's a new, there's new management in, in Washington. Um, Ron Rivera is a brilliant uh, coach, GM. So I can see that, that angle coming from it all because at the end of the day, this Lions draft is essentially is the most important draft they've had probably since Stafford and Sue in the first place. So that's the overall big picture conspiracy that I see in all of this. Oh my goodness, everybody. Paul Jackson is off the rails today with his, uh, I had to drop the music on, the conspiracy music. I mean, he, he basically just uh, pushed Tua aside. I mean, uh, like he's nothing. Oh, cat, baby. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm sitting here with, uh, you know, asking you about Matt Stafford. All I heard about was Mrs. Stafford. Paul Jackson, is Matt Stafford your quarterback in 2020? Is he getting dealt? I mean, no. other than your cockamamie ideas you got going on like is this no. guy gonna be here or not that's what i want to know no 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 he's, he's not gonna be with the lions I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i i <laughs> he will be with the lions yes, yes i i can guarantee you he's gonna be with the lions in 2020 okay so all Period. your stuff about what the wife said and this means nothing because he's still no 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 it's he's she, kelly is in on this kelly wants to win matt wants to win <laughs> That's a, Kelly's Kelly's brother was in the NFL. She's competitive. She she knows she knows how this all works. They they communicate. Kelly communicates with the Fords and Bob Quinn all the time. There's no way that this fake report was completely news to her. If if the if the Lions were taking calls on this, they they would know. The, the Staffords would know. When they had that when Patricia and Quinn had that meeting with the Fords after in week 15, you know that that was talked about. Uh, about whether Stafford's the, the guy or not. And they're not just going to say, oh, we're going to trade Stafford and not have him at least be aware of it. So, yes, Kelly is in on this whole thing. 
Oh my goodness, we got to change the title to Believe in Conspiracies with Paul hey. Jack here on the Believe Podcast Network because that, that's a doozy right there. I mean, your whole thing about Martha Ford, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Paul, but Martha Ford had a whole show about her and the other people on NFL Network, and she was quoted as saying something to the effect of this. I haven't had my favorite moment yet. I want to win the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> well, if she wanted to win it so bad, she would have... She would have kicked her husband's butt a little bit and not had Russ Thomas employed for 25 years. So I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there's lots of things people want to do, but going out and doing them are two different things. Right. Well, we'll see if it happens. Your whole thing about, uh, you know, I think Martha Ford obviously does love Matt Stafford. He's no issues off the field. I would be very shocked if they move him based on the salary. I think that, you know, all this is to drum up some interest. A lot of people here in Detroit going crazy about all this stuff. You know, the only thing I could see happening uh, in regards to this about not dealing them, but still maybe making a an off the wall kind of crazy move is if you do get stuck there at three and Tua is on the board, I mean, you, you may just have to uh, go up to the podium and say this. Roll tide, baby. <laughs> because I, I think it's almost too good a value. I, you know, I know everybody's screaming Jeff Okuda or Derek Brown. To me, if, if you get held up for ransom and you can't move, maybe you just take this guy, you let him, you know, learn under Stafford for a year, you make this decision after, or you're still going to be able to deal, you know, um, Matt Stafford at some point if you want to do that. But you're not going to be picking this high or have a prospect like this on the board. So I'm not writing that off, but I don't I don't think Stafford's going anywhere. I appreciate your conspiracy theories, but I think, you know, they're just going to try to put a good team around him and, and hope that he's healthy and, and let's oh, yeah. roll. That's going to yeah, be no, good. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's a 2020, but probably a 2021 Detroit Lions starting quarterback with no real competition, but Matthew Stafford and obviously Kelly and even the Redskins want a group of Lions around him that will help them win. Yeah, absolutely, man. Before we jump into the free agents on offense, I want to get your last opinion. Right before we're recording here, it's come out, you know, lots of things about the new CBA. There was also talk uh, adding that 17th game, as well as, uh, gosh, lots of other things about this new agreement that could go into place uh, an extra playoff team. It was approved by the owners soon as uh, just before we're recording here. So now it's kind of in the player's court. My quick takeaway before I bounce it to you is like, I just want these kind of things to get done because I want my football. I remember that year where we didn't have it. It was just such a cluster. All I was doing on every day is watching NFL network with lawyer speak and all this other garbage going on. Like there's way too much money to be had. Just let's get this done. You know, 17th game is a bonus game for the fans. I'll take it. The uh, extra playoff team, you know, may water it down a bit, but to me, it's a, it's another a uh, person with a chip at the table that can can maybe make a run at some point. Hopefully it's our Lions. Like I say, uh, believe in Lions. I think they're going to turn this puppy around um, and uh, sh- and shock some people. So get, let me get your quick thoughts on kind of what's going on with the CBA, the NFL, new adjustments they're looking to make, all that type of stuff. Well, I'll try to keep it short, but I do have a lot of opinions on this. Uh, this is fantastic from the Lions' perspective. Having, having a seventh team uh, make the, go into the playoffs with a seventh – I'm sorry, seventh team make per conference to make it along with the 17th game is great. Obviously, the Lions the last couple of years – outside of last year have been kind of on the, on the brim of making it or not. In fact, two years ago, they were the seventh, the seventh seed. It, it adds more compelling week uh, December matchups. Like if you recall this week uh, or this year, all the December games were just terrible. It's like you want them to win, but you know it's better for them to lose. It was the hardest – 
after Thanksgiving, it was the hardest Lions to, <laughs> to ever watch. Um, and it, it's also great too, because um, the more the more competitive, the more teams in it at the end, the less likely the NFL is going to insist on having teams like the Packers and the Cowboys uh, make sure they're in the playoffs. So like when, when the Lions are playing the Packers on Monday night and, and Goodell's up in there in his office saying, oh, hey, you know, we really want to make sure that the, the Packers are in the playoffs. So let's make sure we, we make them win, win this uh, Monday night game and give the Lions terrible calls uh, just so later on in the year, the Packers will for sure be, be playoff relevant in the playoffs. Well, now they, they won't, the probability of them doing that will be less because, hey, there's one more spot for the Packers and the Cowboys to make it. Well, you think that's like a favorite team or something by the league? I mean, it sounds like oh, yeah. another conspiracy yeah. where I got to bring the music. Yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's clear as day. I mean, we were at that Packers game. We saw what happened. We, oh. You know, that, I, I was at that Cowboys game with the with the uh, Brandon Pettigrew thing. <laughs> we all know what happened. Can you believe my buddy Grifka had the audacity to look at me at the end of that game we were at in Green Bay and say, that was a good football game. I, I almost took him out right there. I mean, that was the biggest travesty I've seen ever. Oh, gosh. Well, shake, uh, shaking hands with cheese heads, trying to tell me that was a good ball game. Get the hell out of here. I, I bought a Lions uh, seat pad because we had those bench seats, and I just threw that thing like a, <laughs> like a uh, Frisbee, and I got it down to like the 10th row. So, I, oh my goodness, incredible stuff, man. Um, so, are you in favor of the? You're in favor of oh the yeah. extended season as well as extending yes. playoffs? Oh yes, oh yes. The, the, the more the merrier. I mean, you think this thing gets done? Like, I hear the players have a vote here on on Friday of this week coming up, as well as like then it goes to the player, you know, majority vote, which they've said is pretty much once it gets to that point, it's pretty much done. I mean, do you think in a week or two, kind of before we get in even to March, this thing's done and then we can just talk about, you know, the new cap, all the new money these people get and just, hey, we got a decade more of football. We don't have to worry about it. I can't tell you when it will be approved, but I'm pretty confident that the 17 game along with the the, uh, expanded playoffs will happen. Um, especially since they're offering to, to shorten the training camp. I mean, they'd be, they'd be stupid not to. Um, the the uh, percentage revenue share is going to go from 47 to 48 and a half if they do this. And the revenue from that extra play, two playoff games is huge. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of money. It, it's like a 12% raise. I did the math. Is like, uh, if you kind of crack, crack math, when you change it from 47 to 48, 48 and a half, along with, adding the 17th game. Um, and, you know, we, we think of all these players as these multimillionaires and stuff, but the truth is there's, there's the fringe guys that um, this is the only time in their life where they're going to be making this kind of money and making 700 grand, not say 550 is a big deal if you're only going to be getting this type of money for two years. So yes, yes, I will. And, and the, the game's getting safer. So this whole thing about, well, guys are going to get more injured. Well, yes, that's true. But keep in mind, you can always just retire if you're, if you're really getting beat up. Okay, you don't, you don't have to play. So, yes, money always talks. And the truth is, if they don't take this 48.5%, I bet you the owners will say, fine, 48.75%, but with the 17 on the schedule. I, I think they're really, really big, big into um, – the owners want this really bad and if they have to budge a little more than they will i'd say it's as simple as this man money, 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 money.
Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> those three in a row pretty much tell the story. That's Roger Goodell uh, when he's off microphone. Those are, those are uh, basically his, his quotes verbatim. Uh, I think it'll get done. Like I said, I'm excited about it. And uh, who knows, man, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm just excited. There hasn't been any big bumps in the road. You know, I, I do you know if they're getting rid of a couple of preseason games? That's what I yeah. want. Nobody yeah, the, yeah, they they were gonna go with the seventeen plan. They were going from four to three. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I prefer from that. Yeah. I prefer them to go to four to two. That that would probably sell them even harder on the seventeen. Because the truth is, the truth the truth is that the gate the gate isn't as much. Obviously, there's preseason games, and the, you don't get the national TV rating revenue either. So, and also uh, the other X factor about the seventeenth game is the actual Super Bowl revenue will, will increase even more or viewership because the idea is you have, you'll have the Super Bowl the Sunday before President's Day. So you'll have a three-day weekend now because Super Bowl is going to be, going to be the day before a Monday holiday. So Nobody gets President's Day off. Like what, the post office? That's about it. Yeah, my kid. Kids do. <laughs> Kids and banks and union guys. I mean, yeah. Well, like- more than zero. I, I, the, like ten to twenty percent of the of the, well, of, of the population. It, does, it, it's it's something. I mean, I I used to work at the, at a plant in GM for GM, <laughs> and the, the Mondays the Mondays after Super Bowl, not many guys showed up, and when they were, they were a little tipsy. So yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, yeah. let's make it a national holiday. Let's get this day off. Well, so we can really enjoy it kind of is. I mean, it, but by doing this, you're making it. I mean, you're just piggybacking. So. Um, We'll see uh, Paul Jackson, everybody, dropping knowledge, getting very Mm -hmm. analytical on me. I'm going to see if I can rile you up here when you start talking about free agents, getting in some back and forth, have a little fun here. But good knowledge you brought there in the beginning. Let's uh, let's take a break when we come back. uh, The Detroit Lions, free agency talking uh, offense we it's, it's a big topic for me I'll, I'll cue it up is why I think that uh, right here when we come in after the break uh, we'll be right back everybody hey everybody we're back uh, before we start talking Lions free agency and offensive side of the football I just want to remind all you guys please hit that subscribe button um, the Believe Podcast Network it's been great to be on here great opportunity show has been growing really appreciate everybody on Twitter hit hit me up you can find me at Derek Oakry that's uh, D-E-R-E-K O-K-R-I-E find me on Twitter I love talking football fantasy football NFL draft free agency all types of things on there online with you um, but please hit that subscribe button. Go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, basically any other podcast platform you can find us. Um, also, please go to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and check out uh, probably 200-plus podcasts they got on there on every type of sports topic you'd want. Lots of other um, topics uh, on that platform, just really doing big things here with the Believe Podcast Network. So please check them out and support and as I always say, if, if you're interested or your advertiser out there, you want to go and, and advertise either on this show or another show, you can reach out to them at believe.com and they'll be able to get you all that info and help you out. So um, with all that off the top, uh, we got Paul back here and uh, Paul, man, everybody's focused on defense. Everybody's acting like, oh man, the defense is the only issue. The Lions, if they just pour everything into defense, that's the only way they can win. I've always been a proponent of you, you still got to look at both sides of the football. You still want to add evenly. You still want to 
make sure you're not passing up on good talent just because you're so focused on one side of the football or even positions. People get really caught on positions. So um, just tell us a a little bit about what you think when it comes to the offensive side of the football free agency before we start getting into a couple names here that we want to discuss. Well, first of all, it's an offensive league. And and what you said is completely right. I mean, you can't just ignore the offense because the defense is doing bad or had a, had, a, had a really poor year. Uh, although hey, quick, I, I think that's a good delineation because, like, everybody's saying the defense is bad. My approach is much more they had a bad year, and they were yeah. also transitioning with Trey and, and Coleman as well as Tracy Walker's first year. So it's not like this defense has been porous, um, you know, forever. We, we, we were rolling at the end of the 2018 uh, season and we played, me and Griff could just recorded uh, some recaps of the first four games and those first four games when they had most of their players, they, they were not getting tore up uh, across the ball offensively. So I think, like you said, just make it known that we are yeah. talking offense today, but it's not that uh, the, the defense has been horrible. It had a bad year. The, the injuries too. I, I didn't mention that, but the injuries were right. really bad uh, on the defense and, and a lot of guys pay, played, 70% and uh, you know, like a snacks kind of, kind of player. And you could just, what do you, what do you think about this Lions offense last year and where they stand right now? Okay. Well, the, I, I'm actually very confident in the, the Lions offense. Obviously the, the team goes as Stafford goes. So there's, you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> multiply all, all the, all the best players you could, you could grab by zero if Stafford Stafford's out. But um the, the the good thing is again, especially from a skilled player perspective, the the Lions are 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 pretty set. I mean, they can they can acquire some backups, but uh, on receivers, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Kenny's a top ten receiver. You got uh, you got Marvin, who's probably a top five number two receiver, and then the, the running backs can, can be improved a little bit. And, and a backup quarterback might be addressed, but the, there isn't these glaring glaring uh, issues like. Uh, that a a free agent replacement would create the significant advantage over the starters from last year, assuming again, of course, no injuries. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you like a little bit. You know, when you talk about their set, I feel like everybody has to realize they're set um, heading into 2020, but they're not set for the future. So I think that. Yeah. And we're talking about offensive side of the ball as well as where they need to add. The reason people aren't talking about it very much is because they think and, and see what you just said. Hey, got Kenny Galladay, got Marvin Jones, got Hawkinson, got a good quarterback. You know, why spend anything on offense? And then you have the people online and on Twitter that will just go on and on about our offensive line. Say, oh, you know, we're never going to be able to run the football till we get our offensive line figured out. I mean, there's been some pretty um, good articles being written that – you know, everybody wants to cut Rick Wagner. Yeah, did you see what DJ Humphreys just got? And like fifteen million dollars. <laughs> that that guy's not a, a top of the line type football player. So if you if you're gonna cut somebody, as I always tell, uh, you know, other people that I do podcasts with, you got to have a replacement. You can't just have Pro Bowlers everywhere. So right. I think that um, you know we're not totally set, but we can definitely get by this year with limited resources but it'll only be this year and then you'll be hunting for those resources for the future. So um, where do you sit with the offensive line before we start talking about a few free agent names? Because are you on the side that it needs a big overhaul or do you think they're, they're decent, but uh, I don't know, not that great. Or do you think that they got potential to really be, 
be above average, you know, when it comes to protecting the quarterback and even being decent in the run game if you keep all those guys together? Uh, to answer your question, they are decent, but not that great. Uh, unfortunately, they're not in a situation where it's a feasible um, feasible way to upgrade them easily and get substantially better without destroying their cap. So we're kind of stuck a little bit with, with who we got. Um, Decker can't really go anywhere. Um, Rick Wagner, you can cut him, but like you just said, you got to fill, got to replace him. And now you're spending $15 million on a guy uh, and you got all the dead cat money with, with Wagner. Um, and Rag now is solid. I mean, he's top three centers in the league. So then you're just dealing with left guard, right guard. You, you got Kenny Wiggins out there. I don't know if he'll play left or right with them. And then, and then someone's got to fill in for Glasgow. I don't think they're going to re-sign Glasgow simply because when you, his performance was so much better in 2020 than it was in the other years. Uh, and it's pretty obvious why. I mean, when you're sitting next to a stud uh, center, you're just going to be better. Um, you know, I believe it was it was his fourth year this year, and a growth between third and fourth year of, of that large usually isn't just um, because they learn the system or something. It's it's because they they had a, a better sur- surrounding cast, and because of that, I feel that going out and spending big money on on an interior lineman wouldn't make sense, and that just drafting a fourth, fifth, well, maybe even a third rounder kind of like a Larry Warford type situation would be a solution for that. So to answer your question for the line, I, I wouldn't address any starters at for agencies. If they want to pick up a, a you know, a Wesley Johnson type backup, <laughs> go for it. But nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like your takes there. Let's go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a name off you and then I want to get some ears. So uh, just the other day, you know, word came out on uh, pro football focus, put out uh, kind of their guesstimates of where people might go in free agency and for how much. And so as you scroll down the list, I think it was about 30 and 35, 39 range. They have uh, a certain guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, Paul. His name is Melvin Gordon the third, going to the Detroit Lions for four years, $28 million, $7 million a year, with $15 million guaranteed. So what do I do? I kind of see that. I hear that. I read that. I put it up on Twitter. Hey, uh, you know, PFF has Melvin coming to the Lions. This is the contract. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, Paul, I'm thinking – this thing blew up hundreds of, of, of likes, hundreds of replies, retweets. I mean, lots of opinions scanning from sign them up now to no way, no chance. Um, just uh, very surprised by the polar. You know, he got the, the crew that you never, you never pay a running back. Like, like I'm totally against the never thought on mostly anything in life, let alone football. Like there's always a unique circumstance where never doesn't work. Um, so I think I told some people never say never, like literally. And then, you know, Melvin Gordon to me is a beast. He's, he's still in his mid upper twenties. You sign him for four years. He's still just at that 30 year old mark. That contract to me makes a lot of sense. If, if I had to decide on that, I mean, that's very intriguing to me. Now, if you told me I could get a stud in the fourth round and pay him pennies and he's going to come in here and be a one-two punch with, with KJ and Bo, I'd probably do it. But what do you think about Melvin Gordon? Because I was more for it, but there was quite a few people against it, and it got a lot of reactions on Twitter. Well, I'm glad you brought that up first because that was actually the first thing on my sheet here. <laughs> um, I am totally yeah. for it. 
And the reason the reason I'm totally for it is because if you're in Bob shoes, uh, Bob, Bob shoes, Bob Quinn's shoes, you need to go big. You need to take a risk like that. I understand a backward. It's backwards to get a running back and then build up a line. But in this case, uh, when it's 2020 or bust, and the truth is there's not really a feasible way to make a major improvement on the offensive line, then go ahead and and uh, overpay for a running back. I mean, Mel- Melvin Gordon isn't a top 10 running back like he used to, but he's right up there with Carrion. And uh, between him, Carrion, and Bo, you have a pretty pretty dynamic bunch. And, um, you, you know, of course, hey, Bo could yeah. come in for the short yardage. But yeah, um, guys in there as well as just a – the thing I love the most about Melvy is he can catch it. He can run it. He's a goal line scorer. He can um, pass protect. You know, he does a lot of the things the Lions look for and gives you some insurance with KJ. Bo's got some thump to him. And then you still got Ty, who's got that speed. But you're pushing Ty down the list where if he, if he does show out, it's a bonus rather than really having to lean on him. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's a big swing. I mean, it's, it's not – I mean, I remember last, you know, at the trade deadline, people hated it because $10 million or – you know, this absorbent contract. But when you're, I mean, I remember, what was it? A few years ago, they paid Reggie Bush like $5 million a year for four or five years. And he came in and did nothing and was washed up pretty much. So it's uh, Melvin's in a much better state, I would say than him. But well, uh, I think the name to, to think about as well as people don't write it right off this running back. I mean, we haven't been able to run the football for two decades. So it might be a good time to, to start here at some point. And well, uh, first of all, Reggie Bush was pretty good that first year. Um, and and I, I think when you sign a, I believe the guy said what four years, twenty eight million. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean the, the truth is, if that were to happen, the Lions are really only banking on twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one being his effective years. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's so, only fifteen guaranteed, so you could get it out yeah. on the back end. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was surprised people acted like we signed the worst player ever for the worst contract ever. When I put it out there, I was just like, man, you guys are. You guys are just those people that are too set in your ways about running backs and how to build the team and not realizing that Melvin Gordon is a good football player. His stats are good. He's still young enough. He has some injury issues, but they're not, they're not terrible. He's a pretty good guy off the field. It's like a lot of good things going for him. I mean, and when PFF gives it some credence, like it's at least a name to put on your radar and think about. So do you have another name that you want to jump into on your end? Cause I got one that I can't wait to throw at you. Uh, well, I, I was thinking Kenyon Drake, but he's just going to be too expensive. So that, that doesn't they, uh, the the veteran minimum kind of guy I'd be interested in would be Jordan Howard. I know he didn't have a good year last year, but he's he just he seems to be a reliable player. Um, yeah. I know he's not flashy, but you could probably get him for a million and a half, two million, and uh, heck, he might not even make the team. It could be like a CJ Anderson thing, but that that would be a you know a lower end uh, contributor type cheap player that, that I might be interested in. Yeah, I'm with you. We talked about uh, we talked about Howard when we kind of gave the broad strokes of free agency. And, yeah, I think he needs to be on the radar. I mean, definitely I get on the cheap and, and be a, a good player for this football team. I just think Melvin is the, the bigger signing but also has the bigger upside to transform your running game into something that people really got to deal with. Because it's not too, you know, Melvin or bust. It'd be Melvin with the other two guys we've talked about, plus the rookie you brought in. And you still might get somebody later in the draft you like. I mean, who knows? So you you talked about the offensive line not wanting to invest. Uh, this next name I wrote on my list, he, he's a, he's top of the list. He's, he's around, you know, 
in that 50 range when it comes to overall uh, type free agents. But when it comes to his position and just maybe what he brings to the Detroit Lions, he's got to be up there in the top 10 names you're going to hear a lot about. Brandon Scherfs of the Washington Redskins. This guy was a tackle, came in, um, you know, has been playing guard. He he seems to be, you know, if you're going to let Glasgow walk, this seems like a great guy you could plug in and then, you know, figure out if Joe Dahl or whoever else is going to be good enough. But Brandon Scherfs to me is a guy I'd be willing to spend some money on. He's probably going to cost you in that, you know, eight to $10 million range. I think he's a bit better an overall player than Glasgow. And I think just a new player at that position might be a, a breath of fresh air to team up with rag now. And then, you know, if you're going to move on from your tackles here at some point, then you're kind of reshaping your line on the fly. I mean, is that a guy you'd be willing to invest big dough in? Um, Cause like I said, I don't feel the offensive line needs an overhaul and I'm not, you know, afraid to spend on it, but I'm also not, uh, not just going to sit there and go totally on the cheap either like everybody wants to and think it's going to get better. Well, I think that uh, that situation, well, if, if they were going to go that route, then I don't think Melvin Gordon would be in the picture, but um, based on the current salary cap of about roughly about 30, 32 million to, to spend uh, when you disclude the, of course, the, uh, the rainy day fund that they always keep and the, the rookie uh, allotment, um, I would say no. However, if they trade Slay and they get that extra seven and a half, eight million, boom, problem solved. That's that's when that's when I would uh, go that route. Right, and this isn't necessarily like I want Melvin and I want Chirfs. These are just guys that, when you're talking offensive side of the ball, I feel like running back has to be addressed. Melvin would definitely do that, as well as Jordan Howard. When you get down to the offensive line, I'm pretty fine rolling to 2020 with Deck, Dahl. Ragnow, open spot, Ricky Wagner, and and if I can get a dominant offensive guard in there, I feel like that that'll let me let me roll when it comes to my offensive line with a potential to be grittier and and tougher, but also not losing that much where people just want to again people fall in love with these players that we have already and think you just pay them whatever. I mean, you can always go ahead and, and sub in a similar type player. I mean, you lose Glasgow, but you plug another guy or if they lose Glasgow, they'll probably go cheaper. You know, that just seems to make sense as they would find a cheaper option than Scherf's. But like I say, he could be somewhat of a game changer there on the offensive line. Paul, this next one, I mean, I'm just going to pitch it to you. You can sure. blow the gate on this guy. It was the other guy I wrote. I think that we still need to address the wide receiver position. And I talked about, you need to get future pieces. I'm definitely going to try to do that in the NFL draft, which I uh, spend a whole show talking about here on the Believe Podcast Network. But Paul Jackson, your boy, Danny Amendola. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, I mean, to me, it, it's he he's my plan just because, like, if I can get him at the good deal and because I, I'm more than happy with what he brings to the team. But if I bring back Danny Boy, which you were willing to bring him back at an exorbitant amount, I thought last <laughs> time we talked about him, I'm going to – also probably bring in my boy Tyler Johnson from Minnesota deep in the draft, or I'm going to get a burner, one of these fast guys in the second, third round that can not only push Danny Amendola, but he might be able to move chains, but I got another guy that can, can put up touchdowns over 50 yards. So that, that would be how I'd attack the receiver position is maybe a safe play like Danny or another piece that can play that third wide receiver. 
but I need some juice. I need some speed. I need some guys that aren't 36 years old or however old Danny boy is to sell the people again on him. Cause I know you love him. Well, I, Oh, Danny's great. I mean, he had his best season ever as a great three year old. So, uh, you know, what does that tell you? Uh, he, he, he only missed one game. Uh, <laughs> he, he, well, the, the thing is about receivers like that. I mean, he, his, even if he loses a step or two, he's still going to be productive just because he's, it's based on route precision and timing. Um, he's, it, it's not like, um, you know, Tyreek Hill or something. If he gets slow, he, you know, he's going to be flipping burgers. No, that's not the way his, his game is. And you, you mentioned, you mentioned the draft. I mean, this is a perfect, perfect situation. It's, it's the deepest draft, I believe in 15 years. So you get, you get Danny in there. Uh, they paid him four and a half last year. I, I pay him up to six if he asked it, but you'd probably get him for three and a half. Anyway, and and then you draft a late round burner and you kind of do a platoon kind of situation. Um and 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 also uh boy blanking on me, the, the, the fast guy that the Lions had that had all those long plays. Um Yeah, Marvin Hall. Yeah, yeah, Marvin Marvin Hall to it is another factor in this. I mean they can get him back on the cheap. And for the right. deep routes, but yeah, I mean, don't, it's one of those things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, <laughs> and the wide receivers on the Detroit Lions in 2019 was the best position group they had, period. Yeah, I'm so, with you. I, I think they were, you know, more than solid. My only thing is like, so Danny at his age and what he brings to the table versus some of these other faster receivers you got to consider what, you know, what really is better not only for next year, but for the overall you know, the football team. And then when I bring up Tyler Johnson, like he's not going to blow you away with his speed, but this guy is just a, uh, he's a guy that can be a number two type, you know, for years to come to pair up with Kenny. To me, that's, that's a little bit better option. Did you have any other receivers? I mean, I know this was your guy. I looked yeah. down, I, did, I didn't see many others that really I loved, but you know, really? I know there's other options out there. The, the, the so-called experts uh, say it's not a very, not a very deep um, receiver group anyway. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is the cream of the crop, but he's fast, but he's old. So that Andy's going to demand more and I don't think he's going to come to Detroit. So, right. I, I mean, even if you don't like Danny boy, I think we might be stuck with him, And I really don't think that's that big of a problem. So I I don't mind him. And also, like you said, when I'm talking about other options, like we're, we're, we're taking off those first 10, you know, names you're going to see on, on list because we're not looking for that type of receiver. If anything, those drafted guys will be your future. We're looking for a guy that can play the slot position and can, can make plays and fit, you know, a a cheaper option, but you still gotta, you still gotta have those three wides to really be a dynamic offense, I think. So do you have other, the other other factor, I'm sorry, the other factor too, is it looks like Stefan Diggs is going to be traded from the Vikings too. So the Vikings uh, might, might uh, need to need to resign him. Uh, So he might not even be available in the first place. Right. Right. Well, uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the uh, one thing I want to talk about before we close up the show is kind of guys that are in or out for the Detroit Lions. But did you have uh, you have any other off- offensive names you want to talk about? I mean, I just want to hit on a few today from my perspective. But do you have anybody else you want to bounce off me or spend some time on? Just uh, real, real quick, the, the backup quarterback, of course, is an issue. And yep. uh, I, I believe I do not believe they will be addressing that via free agency. I think if they were to do that, if they were to get a solid, you know, Chase Daniel type uh, backup, that would totally blow their cover on this whole smokescreen about Tua. 
So they're just going to roll with Blau. Um, that would be really the only skill position upgrade that they need is backup quarterback, but they won't be addressing it intentionally. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I, I can't say I agree with you there because I feel like backup quarterback is important. And then for them, yeah, they, uh, you know, this whole conspiracy theory you have, I can respect it, but I also think they're going to, they're going to put more resources. If they're not going to pull the trigger on a Tua, they're going to go out and get somebody that's a bit better than the, the clipboard holders they have, or is he already on the team, which I'll get to in a moment. So sure. um, a couple guys I have is out um, when it comes to guys that are Lions free agents that I probably, if I'm the GM, I'm passing on and not bringing back. I mean, Glasgow for me is a guy I'm, I'm moving on from. J.D. McKissick, I know everyone loves some of the things, gadget plays he brought. To me, if, if I'm upgrading either with a Melvin Gordon type or a, a decent draft pick, I'm not going to bring back J.D. I'm going to find uh, other ways to attack the run game. We've got uh, Jermaine Curse, who, you know, I, I liked his game. I thought he could have brought something this year if he wouldn't have had that devastating injury in the preseason. But I think he's he's on his merry way. And then uh, uh, the, good, the good old punter. Uh, Sam Martin, see a piece. Uh, so glad to get him out of town. Like he's always choked in the big moments. Just uh, never impressed me. Just uh, average at best. I feel like we can get a, a different punter in here that can maybe be a little more consistent, a little bit uh, more dynamic at times than Sam Martin. So those are my guys that are out. Uh, any big issues with those? Any other names that you're booting out of town? Uh, on offense, the only my disagreements would be J.D. McKissick. I think they could just get him on a veteran minimum deal. And have well, Jackson, you can't you can't have like eight running backs, bro. You well, can only have he five. might he might not make the well. I mean, somebody might get cut, somebody might get hurt. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, he, but I'm saying you gotta like you gotta suit him up on game days. Is he is he better than Ty? Is he better than yes. Bo? Is he better than Carryon? Is he better than maybe a guy we bring in? I don't think he's, so. He, right now, he's the third best third best running back. So. This, this dude's not even a running back. If anything, you got to move him to gadget player or wide receiver to me. He's not a running back. Okay, well, what I'm saying is if you can get somebody that cheap that if you cut him in training camp, it's not really that big of a deal, you might as well. Heck, I, I mean, if they let him out the street, they could probably sign him anyway if somebody goes down. So it's not, not really, the, not really a, a big deal. And as for Sam Martin, I agree. He's definitely overpaid. But I think the better idea is just to – to, to give a, give an offer, but just not have it be for very much. You know, just don't, don't completely <laughs> give, give an offer like, that you don't want him to accept. No. Well, I mean, just, just don't overpay for him. Um, he's not terrible enough where they got to start over, but it's one of those things where, Hey, I don't know what he was making. Let's say he was making 4 million last year. Too give much. Two, okay. Too, well, but okay. Then, then take too much and multiply it by 75%. <laughs> Solved. There you go. Well, have you seen have you seen Sam Martin hold the football for Matt Prater? The guy has a glove, a towel, a hot warm uh, hand warmer. He's got uh, every gadget you could imagine. All the guy has to do is hold the football. He's, I mean, he's, for, he's, for any reason, I'd cut him just for that. He's Stafford's best friend too. So yeah, and I cut him for that, and I cut him for. <laughs> Listening to NSYNC and all the other dumb oh, well. crap this guy does. Get him out of here. Um, well. The guys I'm keeping in, Danny Boy, Logan Thomas, and then the guy that I'm keeping, maybe not as my backup, but definitely as part of this team and as the third quarterback, I feel like he's got some things, brings some different things to the table, and could be a decent option. I mean, 
but let, let me get Jeff Driscoll back. I felt like he had some some running ability. He had some athleticism as well as yeah. Okay, it's just he didn't throw it that well. But David Blau sure didn't wow me towards the end of the year either. So if I got to pick between the two, give me Driscoll as as kind of that emergency third quarterback. Bring in a better second and keep Matt Stafford. I'm I'm good with that rolling into 2020. Um, well, Blau's under contract, so they don't have to re-sign him. And as for Driscoll, what I would do is I just wouldn't sign him now. But if if you, they don't get a quarterback and a late-round quarterback, then just sign him in in May or June. He's, he's probably not going to be signed elsewhere anywhere. It, anyway, so it, it's it's like I mentioned before, and I know you think I'm a conspiracy theorist, but the last thing you want to do is sign a quarterback and then say, "Hey, look, we're you know." Uh, we're going to go draft Tua. Oh, well, if you draft Tua, why did you, why did you just pay a backup quarterback that, that now you're going to have to cut? So I, a guy like Driscoll or a guy similar to Driscoll can be picked up uh, around training camp, June, July, if needed. So, oh, yeah. but, I but I do like Jeff Driscoll. I, I, I do, I do like him. It's just the situation is what uh, prevents me from signing him now versus later. Yeah. Yeah. The the other big name I didn't bring out uh, again. Well, those are the offensive pieces. Again, the Lions don't have too many offensive pieces or big decisions to make uh, some of their bigger decisions to let people walk is on the other side of the football, which we'll get to next time. But hey, man, we talked about uh, we talked about a lot of stuff today. Slay Stafford, uh, the new NFL CBA. We got into free agency when it comes to the offensive side of the football, letting everybody know that's not just about fixing the defense add a piece or two to the offense and, and, and sure up that offensive line. We definitely could be, I, I would have loved to see what 2019 would have looked like with nine and some of the other pieces healthy. I think Hawkinson has a big year offensively as well in year two. So lots to look forward to man. Um, next time here, when I bring you on in about a month or so, let's focus on defense. Let's get that right. And uh, man, when we talk next time, we'll probably be live bullets when it comes to free agency. So um, we'll be all over it. Be bringing people news. I'm sure on, on new Detroit lions that be coming to town. So Paul, man, you got anything else you want to leave the people with or appreciate you coming on, man. Good stuff today. No, I'm just, like I said at the beginning, man, I'm flattered and honored. I mean, this is a, uh, this is quite the thrill and I appreciate uh, being invited on here every month. So I hope, uh, I, I hope the listeners, uh, don't think I'm a nut job. I mean, I do live in Florida, so you got to give me a little slack. Paul Jackson from Tampa. He brought knowledge. He brought some conspiracy theories. He's got the people thinking. We love it. Uh, Ray here on Believe in Lions. Uh, check us uh, moving forward as we get this football team right head into 2020. Take care, everybody. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.